Welcome to the Serve Asia Bible Study Podcast. As Christians, we're all called to share the gospel, but what about missions? This podcast tackles the big questions around going overseas as a missionary and its relevance in our world today based on the Bible. So join us as we look at the lives of people who've gone before us and talk to people currently serving with OMF. Hi, my name is Jessie, your host for this episode of the Serve Asia Bible Study Podcast. And today we're talking about FOMO. Joining us to discuss the fear of missing out is Tio Sinyi, who works at the Pearl Family Garden. So can you tell me a bit about what your ministry involves? Okay, so the Pearl Family Garden is a ministry that reaches um, women in the red light districts. Uh, so it could be uh, women in uh, the sex work or um, the ladies who work in what we call the tea shops. So they, they're like kind of like the hostesses who sing karaoke with men, who drink tea or alcohol with men, um, who chat with them, you know. Uh, so that was the main focus of the ministry. But now we also have people from the neighborhood who join us, you know, like other women, maybe not connected to um, the sex trade. They, they also join us. So, so we are like one big family, okay. um, one community now. Uh, yeah, but most people live in, in this neighborhood, in the red light district itself. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so through our uh, small group meetings, through our um, handicraft workshops and other activities, we, we um, share the gospel with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we just use that as a, a, a way to get to know more people. Yeah, and also we try to like connect people with, say, social services, um, with other resources that they, they might need. Yeah, so we see ourselves as a bridge, so that you know those in the uh, those who are, are really like at the, I guess at the bottom of society, they they can still get the help that they need. And how long have you been working um, in this ministry? Uh, twelve. 13 years. So you've seen a lot. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, can you tell us about a time when, you know, you, you had a, a bit of FOMO, a bit of fear of missing out? Uh, I think it was my first mission trip to Taiwan. Uh, I, I was in the car with an older missionary and suddenly she asked me, she said, oh, um, you know, are you, are you planning to remain single? And she said, um, on the field, you're more likely to be hit by a bus than, than to get married. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> so I, I think what she was trying to warn me, you know, like, if you don't want to miss out on marriage, then you should either get married before coming or be prepared to, to stay single. Right. And, and the funny thing is that in the last 12, 13 years that I've been in Taiwan, I've known three people who were hit by buses. And I think there have been more than three single missionaries who got married. Um, one of them at the age of 60. Wow. So, so I think okay. it's, it's um, you know, on hindsight, I realized that the fear of missing out is it's more like imaginary than real. Do the women that you work with in the red light district sometimes get really surprised by the fact that, you know, you've given up this whole other life to come here and work with them and... You know, do that. Do they sometimes wonder, like, don't you get FOMO? Do they ask you that? Um, 
I think for them, it's very hard to picture the life that we have right. at home. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for them, it's like another world. So actually, I don't think they are the ones who are uh, who think about you know like stuff that we've given up. I don't think they're the ones who are conscious of that. But I think that Taiwanese Christians, they are often yeah who kind of like I guess. Maybe because they're more middle class, you know, they know, oh, okay, Singapore, they know what Singapore is like mm-hmm. and how different that is from, say, you know, our neighborhood here in Taipei. Um, yeah, but for other people, I think it's, you know, they've never left this neighborhood. They, it's very hard for them to picture, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Um, I, I guess, you know, FOMO can have a major consequence for Christians, right? Um, and, and we've seen that um, with the Israelites and people who tuned into the Bible study, um, you know, would, would have gone through this. So, I mean, that section that we've looked at is 1 Samuel chapter 8 to 15. For you, what section in that passage speaks the most about the fear of missing out? Oh, I think it's... For me, it's, um, you know, when the Israelites say that they want a, a king, they want Samuel to appoint a king, such as all the other nations have. You know, they want it to be like everyone else. Yeah. So I, I think that, um, you know, in all of us, there is that desire to be like everyone else. Mm. Um, even though we don't realize, I think a lot of times we don't realize how much we want to conform until you make a choice that people consider to be very different or very radical and then suddenly you want to be like um uh, like your peers you know so when i see my peers um with their good jobs their social status the husband and 2.1 kids you know there are moments when i would think oh you know like what have i missed out mm. yeah because i think there is that sense that we want to be like everyone else yeah and so for you personally and kind of that kind of moment when you're like oh i don't have the 2.15 kids or whatever i don't have the white picket fence how do you deal with that Mm, i i i remember like all the things i've gained Mm -hmm. um instead of the things that i might have missed out you know as in, um, I think of all the experiences and the friends that I've gained, like the lessons that God has taught me. And I feel like all these experiences have been so rich mm. and helped me grow so much that if I had stayed at home and been in my comfort zone, I, I don't know if I would have experienced all those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think there is there's that. Um, and also I think the other thing is to remind yourself that things may not be so different even if you stay at home, you know, I mean, I have tons of friends at home who are still not married, right? Who are right. still single. So there is no guarantee that if I stay at home, yeah, things would have been that much different. Yeah. Yeah. But we're always looking at the other side and thinking, oh, the grass is greener on the other yeah. side. So I think it's really just to count your blessings mm-hmm. and to see what you have and what you have gained. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also trusting God that he has put you in the appointed place. So can you tell us about a time for yourself or when you maybe witnessed something in ministry when, you know, someone wanted something beyond God um, and Jesus, Mm. um, perhaps to solve a problem in life? 
um, why did they do that and what was the end result? Um, a lot of the women that we work with, uh, they struggle financially, yeah. right? They have debts or they, they, they um, live in poverty. Yeah. So sometimes, you know, for them, uh, they would do things or make choices that, that I don't really understand. Mm-hmm. Like my friend Carnation, she would make a bet every week. Like she would play the numbers, you know, like choose the numbers, um, buy a lottery ticket. And, and so I would ask her, you know, like, like if you already have so little money, why would you buy a lottery ticket, right? Yeah. But for her, she said it's like buying hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's what it represents. For her, it's like, oh, if I do win something, then I will have money to solve all my problems like in one shot. So to her, it was like, I would rather, I would rather like make this, you know, even though it's very remote, I would rather make this investment like every, every week. And, you know, I, I told her, well, why, why not? Why not we pray and ask God for help? Right. And at that time she was just very, um, she was just like scoffing at me. She said, you know, is it going to like, is money going to fall down? from you know like a gift from heaven i mean that was exactly the words that she used and she was just very like dismissive of me and then one day um one day she got a letter and um basically what had happened was that the lottery company you know how the lottery company they donate money to charities right they donate in taiwan yeah okay yeah so um, the money that they, they get, they have to like donate a portion to all these charities. So one of the things they do is they help people uh, pay off like um, the money that they owe to the national health insurance. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so Carnation was the recipient of she was one of these recipients. So uh, it's such an irony, right? Because she was buying like lottery tickets, but here God just gave her this. You know, it was just like a gift. Mm-hmm. So she she um, had her, you know, the money that she owed to National Health Insurance like paid off by 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 this, you know, act of charity. What was her reaction when she got that letter? Um, I think that she was actually like surprised, but she didn't want to show that what she didn't want to admit that what we said was true. Mm-hmm. You know, because like in her mind, it was just like impossible, right? It's like how can money fall from heaven? Okay, but she told you about it, and you guys had yeah, a discussion. Yeah, yeah, because um, she she was like showing me the letter because she didn't really know what what it was, right. and I, I think for her also it was like like too good of a too good to be true. Yeah, right. That's right. And and so after that, were you able to talk with her more about it? Oh, I think after that, she had many other situations where, like, you know, she we would say let's pray for something, mm-hmm. and it really did happen. Wow. And now she is someone who so she got baptized a few years ago, yeah. and she she is one of the most um I think she's one of people who really like pray every day for the ministry mm-hmm. and for um the people at the Pearl Family Garden. And also for the sales that we have, like, because we make handicraft and we go to places to sell. So she's always praying for these things. That's amazing to hear. Yeah. That's so awesome. So I guess, can you tell us how the believers, I guess, like Carnation, who, who are part of your ministry, might find it challenging to be different, different from others around them? Well, I mean, I can think of, uh, I can think of a lady called uh, Shuling. So she's blind and she depends on 
social welfare from the government. Mm -hmm. um, and then two or three times a year, she also receives money from the temples. So um, these Buddhists or Taoists who want to do good works, they would donate money and then the temple would then give the money to, um, to people with you know, like low income uh, status. Yeah, so our, our neighborhood has one of the highest percentage of low-income households. So, you know, Shuling, she's one of the recipients and she knows many other people who also benefit from such donations. Okay. Yeah, but after she got baptized, um, she, she didn't feel good about taking money from the temples. Mm -hmm. and, and she asked me, like, if she should accept money from the temples. And... I mean, I didn't want to give her a direct answer. I mean, like, I felt like it was really up to her, right, to make yeah. that decision. So we talked about why um, she didn't feel good taking the money. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and I asked her, oh, so do you feel like you really need this money? Um, and, and why don't you want to take it? And she says that it's because she feels like it was against her conscience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, to take money um, from these other organizations. And she wanted to, I guess she wanted to depend on God, you know. She wanted to show that uh, she was depending on God by not accepting this money. Yeah. Yeah. So I think she was able to stand firm because of her faith. Um, because she knows that um, God has always taken care of her. Yeah. And will continue to provide for her. Mm. Yeah. So in the end, she um, decided not to take the money. And instead, our organization, you know, we we gave her a small gift to encourage her. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because um, it's true that God does take care of his of his own sheep. Have there been instances where people, you know, you've journeyed alongside people and they've just said, it's too hard. I like, this is the culture. This is what I know. It's, it's, it's safe, even though it's harmful for them sometimes, but they think it's safe and they've just decided, no, I, I can't, I can't trust Jesus. I think usually it's not like so black or white, like all or nothing. Yeah. Like usually people would, um, would say, oh, I still want to trust Jesus, but I also want to do ancestor worship. Okay. You know, um, because, you know, I, I want to show that I'm filial because, you know, of the family pressure. Mm -hmm. um, so it's not like they uh, reject Jesus, but rather that they're trying to, like, compromise. Mm -hmm. they, they're trying to... Um, and I think it's a process where they, they struggle with it. And then, you know, some people at the end of that process, they're able to make the decision. Yeah. Um, but I think others, they're always like going to be going back and forth. How do you deal with something like that when it's so like, yeah, back and forth? I think it's just to keep encouraging people mm -hmm. and to keep like asking them, like uh, trying to reason with them, I guess. Mm -hmm. But also praying for them and praying with them mm -hmm. and just to say, ask them like, what, what do you think God wants you to do in this situation? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I think it's more effective when they come to that conclusion for themselves rather than, oh, because, you know, I told them to do this or because, you know, the pastor said this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I think it has to be like their own personal conviction because they are the one paying a price, right? Yeah. I mean, they're the one who has to like face up to their family, to the 
peer pressure or yeah. the community yeah. a lot yeah. as well, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They have to count the cost. Um, you know, a lot of people listening to this podcast will be short-term Surf Asia workers coming here. What advice or what's the main point you'd want them to be aware of in terms of the fear of missing out? I think that you know the the things that you want, like marriage or career or social status. I mean, there's nothing wrong with these things if you know if yeah you 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 feel that that's uh that's what God has appointed for you. But I think if you can remember who God is, what He has done for you, and who you are because of His salvation, then you won't regret you know the choices that you make. Um, and at the end of the day, I can really say, I mean, I don't want to sound cheesy, but, you know, what we gain is more than what we sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, um, so I think when you have gone through that, you know, even if you face, like, opposition or you face other obstacles, you're able to persevere and, and push through. And I think that, yeah, being here in Taiwan, um, being part of this work at the Pearl, I, I feel like I've learned so much more about God, um, about His love and grace for people on the margins. And I, I definitely would not have made like the friends that I have, right, from such different backgrounds, like from working class backgrounds, um, the ladies in the red light district, mm-hmm. you know. So I feel like I've um, developed a lot more as a Christian, as a person. This episode of the Serve Asia Bible Study Podcast was brought to you by OMF Taiwan. This podcast was created to be an additional resource for the Bible study. To find out more about OMF's ministry and work in Taiwan, please visit omf.org Taiwan or search for OMF Taiwan on Facebook, Instagram and YouTube.